Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. We got a big game coming up this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts between themselves and Big Blue. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. It feels like a trap game, but a lot of people are like, no, it's not. The Giants are going to kick the shit out of them. We're going to beat them up. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of thinking we're going to destroy the Colts and walk away victorious very simply, very easily. I kind of feel as though we got to take this game really seriously because, guys, end of the day, we win and we're in. Do I really like? Do we really want to lose this game and leave it up to the gods? Like seriously, do we really want to leave the, lose this game and leave it up to the football gods where we have to play the Eagles and we're probably gonna get crushed? Maybe they'll they'll rest everybody and we can win that game. But I'd rather win this game handily and then rest everybody against uh, the Eagles and go into the wild card without having to risk any injuries or whatnot. So there's a couple things I want to discuss today, ranging from Zizo Jalari, um, Adore Jackson, how we might utilize these two guys if they are ready and able to play. Um, so there's a couple of updates on that end. And, you know, this is definitely a game that the Giants can win. It's a very winnable game. The Colts are very bad. We're going to go through some st- some stats, some um, kind of recent things that the Colts have been going through, quarterback changes, defensive mishaps, and just how they are as a team right now against the Giants. And it seems to me that they're kind of trying to lose. They've gone, now they're onto their third quarterback. So it's like they're really not trying to compete right now. Um, but with that being said, you never know. The Giants are, themselves are not a great team. We competed pretty nicely against the Minnesota Vikings last week. Uh, but, you know, we did lose to a couple of, you know, so-so clubs. You know, the Lions pretty good this year. Uh, but we got kind of destroyed by them. And um, Washington tie, you know, beat Washington the second time around. But right now I'm feeling as though, you know, we do need to beat a worse team in the Colts. And I don't want to let them hang around, Anthony. But heading into this game, how are you feeling? I know I, I feel optimistic. But I also want to take this very seriously because I want to lock in a playoff spot so we can rest our guys and make sure we're as healthy as possible for the wild card. I'm feeling good and I'm feeling confident going into this game, but it's the NFL. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. No game is a guarantee, especially not for the New York Giants, who have had their fair struggles, especially in the last month or two. I mean, the Giants are coming off of a couple pretty solid performances, a win over Washington, a commanding win over the Commanders, is what I like to describe it as. And of course, they competed with the Vikings all the way down to a 61-yard field goal as time expired. That's how they lost. But the games prior, talking about a blowout against the Eagles, a tie with Washington, a loss on Thanksgiving versus Dallas, a loss to the Detroit Lions that really spurred their hot streak. So it's been a struggle the last two months for the New York Giants. So no game is a given for them, even though they're going into this game as the favorites, the five-point favorites over the Indianapolis Colts, who have struggled immensely this season. Uh, of course, Frank Reich was fired midseason. Now they have Jeff Saturday, an interim head coach. So that team certainly is a mess. They're on a five-game losing streak. They're really bad. But Nick Foles has never lost a game against the New York Giants in his entire NFL career. So you can't sleep on him. You cannot go into this game overconfident if you're the New York Giants and basically collapse and blow your playoff chances. This is this is a game where the Giants need to treat it like it's a playoff game. It's not, but if they win, they advance their season. So that's how they need to treat it. Is This is just another way to advance their season and play some more football before the year ends is over. So um, I think that this is a huge game for the Giants, of course, but it's not one to underestimate. 
because the Colts have been feisty in some games. They were close with the Eagles. I think it was about five weeks ago. They played Philadelphia. They only lost by one possession. The Giants lost by what? Three, four possessions. So don't sleep on the Colts either. Again, the Giants should win this game probably handedly, but I'm not going to go in there way too overconfident because that is ultimately how you end up being an 18-1 team like the Patriots, right? Losing a game that you should absolutely win. So the Giants cannot underestimate this opponent. They need need to go in there. Brian Dable has to take care of business and bring this team to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Absolutely. You know, at home in MetLife, you have kind of your home field advantage at your at your beck and call in, in your favor. Um, the Colts have lost eight of their last nine games. Their last one was against the Raiders. They won 25 to 20. But keep in mind, you know, their defense right now is like horrific, right? Cowboys, they give up 54 points. The Vikings, and this is kind of interesting, right? They scored 30 points. It was 30 to zero against the Vikings, and they ended up losing 39 to 36. So 39 points in the second half against the Vikings. And then Chargers, they lose 20 to three more so because the Chargers just kind of played down uh, to the Colts and, and, and nothing more. And, you know, Nick Foles is their quarterback now, 145 yards, I believe, and three interceptions last week. Zach Moss is their primary running back with Jonathan Taylor shut down for the rest of the year and Naheem Hines being traded away. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. So right now you're looking at Nick Foles and Zach Moss as the guys you have to shut down. You got Michael Pittman, obviously a very, very good player. But when your quarterback is Nick Foles and, you know, he's washed at this point in his career, uh, 3.4 QBR last week, you know, threw a couple of really bad interceptions, hasn't played this year, hasn't really played much in the last couple seasons. Um, you're kind of looking at this, this Colts offense and saying, all right, we just need to put pressure on Nick Foles. So what's the number one key for the Giants winning this game? Put pressure on Nick Foles. That is what they have to do. He was sacked seven times um, and pressure, was it? I don't know what that stat is. So seven sacks, maybe 39 pressures in total um, against him last week. The the Chargers just basically sent the house. They were just like blitz, 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 blitz. Make sure we put him on his ass. Um, and they had a lot of good success doing that. So I think, you know, Morgan Fox had two sacks. Kenneth Murray had a sack. Kyle Van Noy, Khalil Mack, Chris Rumpf, they all had sacks. Like, this was a team that really put the pressure on them. So if I'm looking to get some, you know, good value out of our guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, our rookie fifth-round pick, that's the guy who's going to step up and really put some pressure on uh, Nick Foles, and he could really make his stats look pretty good in this game. He could elevate his numbers across the board. Um, Dexter Lawrence was a, uh, I think he was a did not practice. It was either him or Leonard Williams that did not participate today. It was a rest day. One of those two. It might have been Leonard Williams. It was a rest day. Uh, so he wasn't practicing today, but he should be ready to go, I believe. And I know he had a kind of a wrist thing last week. Uh, so that was a little bit of a concern, but I think he's okay. Um, Dexter Lawrence gets a rest week, every, a rest day every single week. So, you know, he's been playing at an all pro level. He's a guy I expect to really step up. You know, the Colts offensive line has not been very good this year. But Aziz Ojolari, the ankle injury, he said it, it was sore a couple days ago, but it wasn't a big deal. He thinks he'll be okay uh, this upcoming weekend against the Colts. But I'll tell you what, the best way, in my opinion, to use Aziz Ojolari, uh, because this is a game that we have to win, activate him, and just use him situationally. Third downs, whatever it might be. You don't you don't have to overdo it with Aziz. You don't have to put him out there the whole time. Use him on a couple of third down scenarios. I don't think that, you know, elevating a backup linebacker, you know, you know, you can bench a guy this week and, and just utilize your star players like Aziz Ojolari um, as you need them. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence, you know, Leonard Williams, those are the three guys I'm looking at right now saying, got to step up, got to have big performances, got to put pressure on Nick Foles. If their offensive line has a good game and protects Nick Foles, he can beat you with his arm. You know, he did win a Super Bowl. So this is a guy that can, can get it done if there's uh, not enough pressure on him. So expect Wink Martindale to whip out all the stops, a lot of blitzes, a lot of cornerback blitzes, guys like Jason Pinnock coming off the edge. 
Uh, maybe some, maybe Darnay Holmes off the edge from the slot corner spot, some linebacker blitzes. Maybe we see Michael McFadden get in there. Maybe we see um, Landon Collins get involved in some blitzes. You know, he's had some success doing that in the past in the box. Um, and come maybe Julian Love, even Julian Love. He has, he's had some opportunities to do that. So, you know, when you're looking at Nick Foles, Anthony, how important is blitzing him, putting pressure on him um, to force him to make mistakes and maybe winning that turnover battle? Yeah, I think winning the turnover battle is always huge for the New York Giants. They've been able to win that battle many times a season, but in the few games where they haven't won that battle, they've really struggled, and in a lot of them, they've actually ended up losing. It's almost directly correlated to the Giants' win and loss uh, record. When the Giants have that clean sheet, zero turnovers in a game, they win way more frequently than they lose, but when they turn that tu- when they turn that ball over, that's when they start to face some trouble, and that's where their losses have come this season. Even the Daniel Jones interception. Now, I think Daniel Jones played great on Christmas Eve against the Vikings, but without that interception, the Giants probably go on to win that game. So one turnover is really all it takes to sink this Giants team because that's kind of the style of football that they play. They're not really the team that's going to break away with a multi-possession win. They're going to win by one possession because they're going to keep the ball clean, control the clock, and just score and capitalize on the opposing team's mistakes and turnovers. So when the Giants start making turnovers themselves, they can't really play that style of game. And they kind of screw themselves up there because you can't control the clock if you're turning the ball over. And the Giants are very, very reliant on their ability to control the clock in every given Sunday this season. So one of the things that you mentioned, Nick Foles sacked seven times on Monday night. Another thing to point out, Monday night, not Sunday night, but Monday night. It's a short week for the Colts. They have one less practice day on their schedule this week than the New York Giants have. So the Giants have one extra day to prepare compared to what the Colts have and one extra day of rest, which I think is a really underrated factor when you look at this game, uh, especially considering how the Giants are coming off of probably a performance that they lost, but feel really confident in it because that was a very solid game against the 11 and three at the time. Vikings are now 12 and three. One of the best teams of football this year. Giants went out there. They hung in there for 60 full minutes all the way down to the last seconds of the game. So going into this game versus a Colts team with only four wins on the schedule, you got to be feeling pretty good after you just hung in there with one of the NFL's best teams. And again, the pass rushing department needs to step up. Aziz Ojolari, we'll see if he plays dealing with an ankle injury, but if he does, man, he's been on a real tear since he re-entered the lineup uh, in week 13. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I believe he has four sacks in four games, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then we know what Kayvon Thibodeau is capable of. When the Giants really needed a win, it was probably the most important game of the season still to this date, uh, other than maybe this one. That game against Washington, Kayvon Thibodeau came to play on prime time and pretty much single-handedly wielded the New York Giants to victory from a defensive standpoint. So the Giants are going to go into this game probably employing a whole bunch of KT and a whole bunch of Aziz Ojolari. If those two can go out there and be that lethal edge duo, then it's going to be a good game for the Giants defense, as we've seen like that game against Washington. Now, one of my favorite clips that I saw that week was Brian Dable discussing that Kayvon Thibodeau strip sack for the touchdown. And when he was breaking it down on film, he mentioned how Kayvon Thibodeau comes around the edge. He does a great job pass rushing, gets to the quarterback quickly and gets the ball out of his hands. But if you watch the play from the other side of the line of scrimmage, it was Azizo Jolari creating the contain and shielding off a lane from Taylor Heineke that opened things up for Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, my main takeaway from that is Kayvon Thibodeau and Azizo Jolari play in tandem. And I think that last week against Minnesota, 
Kayvon Thibodeau was really quiet in that game. He didn't have much productivity from a pass rushing standpoint. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that Aziz Ojolari was out of the game very early on. So without Aziz on the field, you see less productivity out of uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. And without Kayvon Thibodeau on the field, vice versa for Aziz. So when those two are on the field together, that's when the Giants are at that, their best. That's what opens things up for Dexter Lawrence as well and opens things up for one-on-one pass rushing opportunities for Thibodeau and Ojolari alike. So I'm really hopeful that Aziz Ojolari is able to play through this injury again we discussed this in a couple episodes ago Alex if Aziz Ojolari plays this week fine you can rest him in week 18 because the Giants have already clinched and you can save him for the postseason but this week with the Giants needing a win to clinch a postseason berth he's got to go out there and if he does him and Thibodeau should be able to have a really really solid outing against the Indianapolis Colts offensive line that has struggled immensely this year and hopefully disrupt Nick Foles into another three interceptions hopefully so I have a question for you and maybe you have a different opinion than me on this one. Um, you know, lately in the secondary, we're kind of rolling with Nick McLeod and Fabian Moreau. Those have been our CB1, CB2, which is absolutely terrifying to even say out loud. But this is my question. If Adore Jackson is 80% good, are you running him out there or are you keeping him out this week? 80% good. I think I'm putting them out there because this is the playoff game for the Giants, right? So I, I think that, again, same thing I just mentioned with Aziz. You play him this week and you try and get the most out of him that you can. And then you rest him in week 18 uh, versus Philadelphia because that game, I mean, the Giants don't really have a good shot at winning in the first place. And if they win this week, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose next week in the first place. So you go out there, you put your best 22 players on the field against Indianapolis, you go get that win, and then you let them rest in week 18 as you move into the playoffs uh, the following week. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I would do the same thing. I'm just trying to think about it in the sense that do you, do you risk, because it's a knee injury, and we're talking about knee injuries, MetLife turf, do we, do we want to run the risk? Do you just roll out Fabian Moreau and Nick McLeod again? And I mean, look, the Colts don't have a Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, right? They got Michael Pittman. He's good, but he's, he's not, he's not even close to as good as Justin Jefferson. He, right now I'd probably say he's on Adam Thielen's wavelength, maybe a little bit better. So, um, you know, that's up for debate. You got, I, I don't really know. It's hard to compare those two anyway. Um, I, I just can't wrap my head around. Like I want to throw a Dory Jackson out there and I want to get him involved, but if he's not a hundred percent, are we willing to risk it? Because 80% Adore Jackson is way better than Fabian Moreau or Nick mm-hmm. McLeod. But it does worry me. It does scare me because if we don't have Adore Jackson for the wild card, we're absolutely screwed. And that's saying it lightly. For sure. But I think that you give him that rest week in week 18 and he should be good in the postseason. Plus, I don't think he's going to be 100% no matter what. I mean, it's a knee injury and he hasn't played football in weeks. So right. he's starting to run. He's starting to do a little bit of cutting and jogging. He's he's working his way back. But to expect him to be 100% at any time before the season's end is kind of a pipe dream. I, I don't think he's going to be 100%. I think an 80% of Adoree Jackson this Sunday against the Colts is probably as good as you're going to get. You're going to get 80% health out of him for the rest of the season. And that's just good enough for me because like you just said, 80% of Adoree Jackson is better than 100% of Nick McLeod, Fabian Moreau, Zion Gilbert, Darnay Holmes. I'm taking Adoree Jackson at 80% over any one of those guys. And I think that Wink Martindale's defense has struggled in recent weeks. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they don't have their primary boundary corner on the line of scrimmage to, to jam wide receivers within the first five yards. And that has made a huge difference in how effective the Giants blitz packages have been. So Adoree Jackson, in my opinion, if he is able to put on the pads and go out there this week, he 100% has to. Yeah, I, I think you're right at the end of the day because ultimately, like, 
so so the argument is like if you if you don't play him, it's because you want him available for the wild card. But if you lose because you can't cover anybody, it doesn't matter anyway. You know what I mean? Um, now the Giants could still get into the postseason without winning this game, right? They they could still very well do that. In fact, the Eagles are probably going to bench most of their guys, most of their starters, mostly going to be a backup team. Um, so you could take it to the last game and and, and try to sneak in there, but. Uh, right now, I, I'm just I'm having a hard time. Honestly, I'd love to hear your guys' perspectives in YouTube about this one because I, I'm definitely a little a bit conflicted. Because I'm like, we need him on the field, but at the same time, I don't want to risk him getting re-injured, especially at MetLife on that turf. So I'm a bit worried on that end. But let's look over at the offensive side of the football for a second. You know, you, you have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, kind of rally cry this week, show up at MetLife. Let's get it going. Let's get let's win this game. Get to the postseason. Um, I, even if the Giants' defense struggles to a degree, and I think that they're going to be fine because we did pretty well against the Vikings last week. I think that a couple of a couple of big plays from them, Hawkinson's big touchdown, that Moss, Darnay, and whoever that was, McLeod, um, Justin Jeffer- Jefferson's last second, you know, just ridiculous run on that uh, blitz, and you know, it sets him up for the field goal. Uh, Jefferson just being unguardable as it is, um, you know, I, I kind of feel as though the Giants have a obvious advantage in this game offensively, especially because the Colts defense has been really bad the last couple of weeks. Now it kind of boils down to me, MetLife really cold. It's not a great place to be throwing the ball. It's windy. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit warmer this weekend, maybe 45, 50 degrees. So that's actually not the worst thing in the world. I don't know about the wind. Um, you always kind of got to be worried about that. at MetLife. Daniel Jones has to show up and play a good game. And, and, you know, Isaiah Hodgins hopefully continues to compound on that success. Hopefully Richie James finds his hands. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, Daniel Bellinger, I heard today, I think Dan Duggan of The Athletic tweeted about it. They made uh, Daniel Bellinger walk around with a football in his hands the entire day because he fumbled last week. So they're kind of going old school on him and making sure that he did. He was trying to protect the ball um, at all costs. So. Interesting situation going on there and just some fun and games, but ultimately a lesson to be learned. And you have an interesting stat, don't you? So on the offensive side of the football, uh, the Colts have a vulnerability on their defense. Now, how could the Giants kind of extrapolate on that weakness and, and maybe take advantage of it? Yeah, so there's a weakness right in the middle of the new or the Indianapolis Colts defense that is starting linebacker Zaire Franklin. Uh, the Giants too. Yes, absolutely. But focusing on the Colts defense, Zaire Franklin has been really poor in coverage this season. He's been targeted 65 times and he's let up 51 completions, 78% for 428 receiving yards on the year. Now that's a whole lot for one linebacker to be giving up and he's been starting every game for the Colts and he'll be starting this upcoming Sunday against the Giants. And so what that screams to me is a big day is in store for Saquon Barkley. Now, when you look at the stats and you see how the uh, Indianapolis Colts have defended the pass versus defending the run. Well, they've been much better in in uh, pass defense than they have in run defense. So they rank in the upper half of the NFL in pass defense, but bottom half of the NFL in run defense. So I'm expecting a big day out of Saquon Barkley, which is great for my fantasy team because I'm in the championship this week and Saquon Barkley is my uh, primary player. So Let's hope and pray that I'm right about this prediction. But I think Saquon Barkley is going to get really busy, not only as a rusher this week. I think you could actually see him get maybe 30 carries again. And I think he's going to get really busy in the receiving game as well. Because when you've got a guy like Zaire Franklin, who's been targeted 65 times, 78% completion percentage, 430 yards allowed. When you have him matched up on Saquon Barkley, you are taking advantage of that mismatch as frequently as you can. So running back screens or angle routes out of the backfield, aligning Saquon Barkley up in the slot, whatever you can do to get Zaire Franklin 
matched up against Saquon Barkley, you go ahead, you make that play, and you give the ball to Barkley out in space and let him work. And that's ultimately how the Giants are going to find a real matchup advantage against the Colts. And that goes the same for Daniel Bellinger because the, the inside linebacker, yes, often covers the running back, but also often covers the tight end. And Daniel Bellinger has been great this season. Of course, he had a few weeks off with a broken face, but now that he's back, he's fully healthy. He looks good again. And I think that now is the time for him to have another breakout performance, maybe get another red zone touchdown, especially when you have Zaire Franklin, who's really poor in coverage, guarding Daniel Bellinger. So I think it's going to be a big game, not necessarily out of the New York Giants wide receivers, but the receivers is in the tight ends and the running backs. I think they have a chance to really excel this week and be the difference maker for the Giants offense to go ahead and find that win and finally clinch that postseason berth. Look, we got to beat any any weaknesses in that Colts defense. There's a lot of them. Um, you know, they've given, like I said, 54 points against Dallas, 39 points against the Vikings and a half. Uh, the Giants can easily beat this team. This is a game that I expect the Giants to win, uh, but you can't look past any week in the NFL. You just never know what's going to happen. So many upsets happen every single week, and it's just like, holy crap. So right now, you know, we got to make sure that we're playing disciplined football. We win the turnover battle. We don't make dumb mistakes. And I think the Giants are more than capable of doing that. If we got that close to being the Minnesota Vikings last week, there's no question in my mind that we can beat up on the Colts. And despite the fact that they – they brought it close against the Eagles. Like it really just depends. Are we going to play down to them? Or are we going to steamroll them and go into the postseason on a high note? That's kind of what it comes down to, in my opinion. Uh, I want to see some aggressiveness. I want to see some downfield shots. You know, Daniel Jones has been incredibly accurate downfield this year. Only 23 um, attempts, 20 plus yards downfield. But ultimately, you know, he has been very effective when they've done that. So maybe they can find ways to open up that part of the game. And maybe the Colts will be sleeping on it because they won't be expecting it. So we'll see what happens, guys. But I'd love to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments, your thoughts on this game. You think the Giants can pull it out? Colts, not so good. But hopefully it's not a trap situation. Giants got to go in there confident, feeling good, uh, you know, just achieve what they're trying to achieve efficiently. Um, stick to the game plan, win the turnover battle, win the time of possession, and play their game. Don't fall into a trap that the Colts try to lay. Don't fall into a dumb game plan that Jeff Saturday whips up out of the freaking garbage can at Wendy's. I don't want to see any of that crap. I want to see the Giants beat the crap out of them and just showcase how much better their coaching is because that's what we've been relying on all season. Elite-level coaching to keep us in games against much better teams. Elite-level coaching should beat the crap out of bad coaching, especially when you find a guy in the like, I don't even know where they found Jeff Saturday hanging out in some room in the back. They're like, you're now our head coach. He's like, all right, sounds good. So <laughs> definitely an interesting scenario over there, but we got to win this game. And I think uh, uh, locking up the postseason, a, a berth would, would give us an opportunity to rest some players too. So always happy to hear your perspectives below. Make sure to enjoy the rest of your day. Like, and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode.